بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول کریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹڈے از دا ففتھ آف نومبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موو ان And I've reached verse 52. So inshallah today, going through up to and including verse 61. So verse 60, uh, verse 52. A'udhu billahi minashaytan rajim, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And verily this brotherhood of yours is a single brotherhood. And I am your Lord and cherisher. Therefore fear me, i.e. and no other. So... After mentioning some of the Holy Prophets in the previous verses, والسلام, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that this is one brotherhood of yours. This verse is very similar to the verse in Surah Anbiya, Surah 21 verse 92. And it says exactly the same. Verily this ummah of yours is one. And I am your Lord and cherisher, therefore worship me. The only difference in this verse, it says worship instead of fear. So now there's a few reports. In Ibn Jarir, in Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he recited, Inna hadihi ummatukum ummatu wahida. Verily this ummat of yours is one, he explained. Meaning your religion is one religion. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, your, this ummat of yours is one, it means the prophets came with one religion. In Sayyid Bukhari, our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, We the Prophets, alayhi salatu wa salams, are brothers from different mothers. And our religion is one. We the Prophets, alayhi salatu wa salam, are brothers from different mothers. And our religion is one. So the interpretation here is, they all came with Tawheed. They didn't come with a different foundation ever. But of course the Sharia may adapt. due to the, uh, the different eras. And also there's a report. So in Surah 3 verse 85, Surah Ali Imran verse 85, there's a report on the Hadith it mentions. So this is recorded in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Al-Haytami in Majma' Az-Zawaid 10-342 Ad-Dur Al-Mandur 2-48 Al-Bidayah and Mishkat. Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu, he relates that our beloved messenger, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa And this is the relevant part of the hadith. Finally, Islam will come. And Islam will say, you are salam, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I am Islam. Allah the Almighty will then say, you are on good. Today by means of you, I shall punish. I, and by means of you, I will give life. And then the Prophet said that Allah the Almighty says in his holy book and he recited Surah 3 verse 85 If anyone desires a religion other than Islam never will it be accepted of him. And in the hereafter he will be in the ranks of those who are amongst the losers. So here if you look at this blessed report the Prophet said He's saying that on the day of judgment, things will come in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He mentioned before, salat, sadaqah, fasting, other deeds. 
Well, finally, Islam comes. The entire religion comes in a human form. It says, you are Salam, I am Islam. Allah Ta'ala says, by means of you, I will punish. And by means of you, I will give life. And then, then he said, this is the meaning of this verse. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that whoever wants a religion other than Islam, they are amongst the losers. So this is important to highlight when it comes to this, this, this verse. Where Allah Ta'ala says, this ummah of yours is one ummah. And I am your Lord and cherisher. Verse 53. But people have cut off their affair, eye of unity, between them into sects. Each party rejoices in that which is with itself. So after mentioning the unity of the Prophet, Allah Ta'ala now mentions disarray. The unity is gone. And then he mentions Zubura. So in the work by Shaykh al-Bani following the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, page 128-9 of the New English Translation, he mentions this verse. So he recites Surah 23 verse 53 and then he says, Hafiz ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullah he said, Al-Zubur. So if you look at the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Zubura. But they have divided their religion into Zubur. Ibn Qayyim said Zubur means every group composed books for themselves which they adhered to, acted upon and called to in opposition to the books of the other groups as is evident today. So, what did Hafiz ibn Qayyim say about this holy verse? Stopping the quote. He's saying that when books are written to oppose other groups, he goes, this is the Zubr. This is causing the disunity. Then the Shaykh, he said, Shaykh al-Bani, it is likely that these books are those to which Abdullah ibn Amr referred to. And he said, amongst the signs of the hour, is that the status of evil folk will be raised and the status of good folk will be diminished. And when Al-Mathna is recited to the people, none of them change it or refute it. It was asked, what is Mathna? He replied, that which has been written besides the book of Allah, the Almighty, the All-Powerful. This is recorded in Hargim in his Mustadrak 4-554 Sahih, Zahabi Sahih. So, stopping the quote. So, Abdullah ibn Amr said, this is one of the signs of the hour. And what's one of the signs of the hour? He mentioned two. Because good people will be lowered, evil people raised. And Al-Mathna will be recited and nobody's refuting it. So, the people asked, what is this Mathna? He goes, that which has been written besides the Quran. Meaning, people are quoting to, you know, books to review other books. He goes, this is what the Shaykh goes, is referring what Ibn Qayyim was referring to. Then the Shaykh said, it would appear that his devotion to the Quran and Sunnah lay behind Imam Ahmad's aversion to writing books that contain minute details about fiqh related matters and opinions. Refer to Hafiz ibn al Jawzi in his Manaqib al Ahmad, page 192. So this is fascinating. So stopping the quote again, Imam Ahmad, he didn't write a book of fiqh. 
did he hated that why did he hate to write books with because he felt that this will take people away from the quran so notice the deep knowledge of the imams they did not want to fall into this what allah ta'ala's warning about then the sheikh said this was due to his fear that people would ignore the quran and the sunnah in favor of them and hasn't that happened and the clearest proof of that is you go to a person he starts mentioning fiqh you ask him for the proof he doesn't know any proofs so they're focusing upon what the scholars warned about because that should never be to the detriment of the quran and sunnah so you know recently what happened people started you know saying the hanafis aren't praying according they haven't got any strong support so some strong proofs and when people start asking the scholars they didn't have the proofs scholars it's only the most learned that started writing refuting saying no of course there's proofs so what's happened exactly what allah ta'ala warned you about what imam ahmad you know feared rahmatullah so not allah ta'ala mentions this stay after the unity of the prophets because these are the tricks of shaitan and this of course doesn't mean we belittle fake it means it's not to the expense of the quran and the sunnah verse 54 but leave them in their confused ignorance for a time so look at the threat allah ta'ala says this is confused ignorance leave them leave them for what so you know dot 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 as if to say you know they're in trouble verse 55 do they think that because we have given them abundant wealth and sons we would hasten them into every good nay they do not understand so now another look how beautiful khalatullah's exposing illnesses now he's saying subhanahu wa ta'ala this is another trap of shaitan that if you think that because you've been given a lot of wealth and children that i've given you goodness he goes you haven't understood anything so what does this mean So in a report it mentions So this is recorded in Bayhaqi volume 6 page 358 Abd ibn Humayd ibn al-Mundir ibn Asaqir report similar Kanzal Umal volume 4 page 412 Hayat al-Sahaba volume 3 page 2578 of the New English translation Hassan al-Basri rahmatullah alayhi he said and he summarizing the beginning of the report the treasures of the Persian empire came to al-Madinah in particular the kisra his crown jewels and you know all was placed in front of amir al-mu'minin umar gave it to suraka and he says all praises for allah the bracelets of kisra ibn hurmus on the arms of suraka ibn malik ibn jushum a bedouin from the banu mudlaj tribe so this was fulfillment of prophecy when rasulullah was migrating with abu bakr So Raka was trying to capture them. But then his horse sank. <laughs> and then the Prophet ﷺ, to quote a long narration short, he goes, one day you'll be wearing the the jewelry of the Kisra, the, the Persian emperor. And uh, so Raka found this hard to believe. It happened just a few years into Umar's Khalifa. And Umar gave it to Suraka. And the bracelets were, went up to his arms, meaning that you know it wasn't just a normal bracelet. Then Umar said, Radhi Allah, Oh Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
I know that your messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved getting wealth only to spend it in your path and on your service. So think about that. Rasulullah loved wealth but there's a condition so he could give it <laughs> not store it. Then the Umar radiyallahu said, however, you chose a better way for him and you kept it away from him. Okay, interesting. Umar is explaining something about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah Taala is looking after him because he loved to give wealth. But you chose a better way, meaning you didn't give it to him. Then he said, "Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I know that Abu Bakr radiyallahu also loved getting wealth only to spend it in your path and on your servants. However, you chose a better way and you kept it away from him as well. Meaning you chose the path of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Then he said, "Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I seek your refuge that this should be a trap from you for Umar." So think about this. At that moment the believers were set for life, literally. Was Umar celebrating? He's saying, "Ya Allah billah, because this may be a trap for me. I seek refuge in you." He then recited these verses. Verse 55 and 6. Ayahsabuna anna ma numidduhum bihi min mali wa banin nusari'u lahum fil khayrat bal la yash'urun. Do they think that by us granting them an increase in wealth and sons we wish to hasten them in good? No. They fail to perceive. So Umar gave a tafsir of these verses. He's saying this isn't a good thing necessarily. This may be a trap. So now what was the trap? There's another report. So this is recorded in Abu Ubaid, Ibn Sa'ad in Istabakat, volume 3, page 218, Ibn Rahwe, Shashi, and Kanzul Umal, volume 2, page 317, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 259 to 60 of the New English Translation. Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhu relates, My father Umar radiyallahu once called me and I went to him. I found a leather tablecloth in front of him on which there was gold spread out. He said, distribute this amongst the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best why he kept this away from his beloved prophet and from Abu Bakr and it has come to me. Is it good that I have been given or is it evil? He then burst into tears. The son in the report, so what did, what happened? Lords of wealth. He calls his noble son, he goes, get rid of it. Then he says, Allah Ta'ala kept this away from the Prophet and Abu Bakr sallallahu And he goes, it's come to me. Then he asked himself this question, is it good I have been given or evil? Then he burst into tears. Then Umar radiallahu said, not at all. I swear by the being who controls my life, it was not for any evil reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept it away from his prophet and from Abu Bakr and he gave it to me for some good reason. I, it is evident that he is testing me. Look at the deep understanding of Umar. He's crying. Why was he crying? He goes, Allah Ta'ala is testing me. This wasn't given to Rasulullah. This wasn't given to Abu Bakr. It's given to me. So now this is the problem. In fact, there's another report where Abdul Rahman ibn 
So Abu Lubin Messenger, he said, Verily, the nobility, and he put that, you put that in inverted commas, Verily, the nobility of the people of this world, that which they always go to, is wealth. This is in Nasai, number 3227, Sahih, Ahmad in his Musnad, 5-353, Hakim in his Mustadrak, 2-163, Sahih, Zahabi Sahih. Ibn Hibban, number 1233, Sahih. So was the Prophet saying this with praise? No. Because this is a lousy nobility. Meaning this is wrong standard. But he says, even though I've told you, you're not going to listen. The nobility of the people of the world, meaning this, you are Ahlul Dunya. You're an ill person. Your standard is wealth. Now be honest. Is that our standard? In fact, Abdullah ibn Abbas said, yes, in his time, because people have abandoned verses of the Quran. Wealth doesn't mean anything. Why? Because Allah is telling you that. If I give you wealth, that doesn't mean I'm giving you good. It means I'm testing you. And how many people fail the test? They're asking for something, and when they get it, it destroys them. Astaghfirullah. And also, then the obvious question, Umar radiallahu, he then approached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he asked him, he said, Ya Rasulullah, what is wealth? <laughs> and if you take this hadith out of context, people don't know what the, because what sort of a question is that? We all know what wealth is. So obviously he didn't mean, you know, what is wealth in the sense, I know what wealth is. But what he was saying was, what is wealth? What is what is the standard? The Prophet said, a tongue that remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A heart that is great and a believing wife who helps her husband with regards to her iman, his iman. This is the authentic. So what did the Prophet say? He goes, this is wealth. Allah Ta'ala gives you the tawfiq to do zikr. Your heart is grateful. And Allah Ta'ala blesses you with a wife who helps you towards the akhirah. That is wealth. Now look, that is the standard. That's what you pray for. Ya Allah, give me a, a tongue that remembers you. A heart that is grateful. And bless me with a wife. If you've not already got a wife. That helps me with regards to my iman. And the sahaba want and that is the wealth. That is the wealth. When have you made that dua? <laughs> give me money, give me money, give me money, give me chulun, give me chulun, give me... The two things that Allah Ta'ala says, I'm, I, I'm warning you about that. You're asking... Also, what does it say in the Quran? In Surah 18, verse 46, <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
wealth and sons are the beauty of this world. Allah Ta'ala says clearly, it's got nothing to do with the Akhirat. You get something from it, you know, like, you know, oh, Masha, you know, you had 15 kids. Oh, you're a millionaire. But then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He says, وَالْبَاقِيَاتُ الصَّالِحَاتُ خَيْرٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ ثَوَابًا وَخَيْرٌ عَمَلًا But the pure righteous deeds that last are best in the sight of your Lord as reward and best for those with hope. In this one verse, Allah Ta'ala gives you the answer. Wealth and sons, it has nothing to do with the Akhirat. It's just beauty of the world. The righteous deeds that endure, they are the best. What are the righteous? The Quran doesn't mention what the righteous deeds are. So our beloved messenger explains that the hadith is in Nasa'i, Ahmad ibn Hiban, Hakim Sahih, and it's Hassan Liqayli by Shaykh Al-Arna'ud. Our beloved messenger said, he said, the eternal righteous deeds, say them as much as you can. They asked, what are they, Ya Rasulullah? Sallallahu alayhi wa He said, Subhanallah, la ilaha illallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwata illa binna. These are the eternal righteous deeds. Subhanallah, and obviously, it doesn't matter in which order you say it. One hadith says that. So nobody, if la ilaha illallah comes first, or alhamdulillah, you say it. But usually the formula is, Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa Allahu Akbar, these are the eternal righteous deeds. The Prophet himself gave you tafsir. Well, it's not only that, sallallahu alayhi wa He also said, now this is why in Sayyid Muslim, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, I love saying, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, better than anything under the sun. The Prophet knows, he taught us, because this is more beloved to me than everything under the sun, all the treasures including that money that you're praying for. What else? Also, in Ma'riful Qur'an, volume 5, page 616, Obed ibn Umar, he said, the eternal righteous deeds are righteous daughters. For their parents, they are the greatest treasure troves of reward from Allah. So not sons. If you're blessed with daughters, these are the eternal righteous. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala gives more when you have daughters. <laughs> Look how strange that is to many people. Hey, he goes, we're not talking about dunya. You get dunya, you know, your mind's full of dunya. Daughters is what Allah Ta'ala gives. Where's the proof? The Prophet said, whoever has one daughter and brings her up righteously, that will be a great protection from him from the fire. What about the sun? <laughs> In another report, in Qurtubi and Ma'riful Qur'an, volume 5, page 616, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I saw a man from my ummah under orders to be taken to the hell. But subhanallah, his righteous daughters clung to him and started weeping and they were making dua. Oh Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, spare him for he was kind to us in the world and worked very hard to raise us in our family. Allah Ta'ala in his mercy forgave him. There's the daughters. Where's the sons? Eating peanuts, right? So why, where's the sons? Right? The daughters come interceding. And that also indicates that you aren't righteous. Why? Because you're, you're going to hell. What's happened to you? 
But Allah Ta'ala spares you because of your righteous daughters. There's the wealth. There's the eternal righteous deeds. And that also indicates marriage. Right? You can only get daughters through marriage. So obviously this is another you know, thing which is you can work out obviously. So going back to the verse, Allah Ta'ala says, Do they think that because we granted them abundant wealth and sons, we hasten them in every good? Bal la yash'urun. No, they do not understand. So what dua should we make? We made dua that Allah Ta'ala gives us understanding. <laughs> In Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, when Allah Ta'ala wants good for the servant, he gives him the correct understanding of the deen. So you made dua for that. And you could just test people. Brother, what are you praying for? Well, that's between me and my Lord. He goes, MashaAllah, but I'm just asking. Well, I'm asking Allah Ta'ala blesses me in my business. And uh, he gives me a large family. You can work here. Verse 58. Those who believe in the signs of their Lord. Those who join not partners with their Lord. So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning in verse 58 and verse 59. Those who believe and don't commit shirk. There's a report. So in Ibn Jadid in his tafsir 17-68 Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Hassan al-Basri. Rahmatullahi he said, the believer combines ihsan with fear, whilst the hypocrite combines evil with a sense of security. He then recited verse 57, Verily those who live in awe for fear of their Lord. So let's look at this. So this is the sign again of a person who is righteous. He's living a righteous life. Ihsan means a very righteous life. But he still fears. So who are the classic examples? The Sahab. I wish I wasn't born. I wish I, wish I was uh, something that an animal ate. Who's saying that? You, you think it's a shaitan saying that. It's Sahaba saying it. So Hassan al-Basri says, this is the believer. He's righteous and he fears. But then he says, but the hypocrite, astaghfirullah, the hypocrite, Commit sins and he feels safe. Right? So which one is this? And he goes, this is the meaning of this verse. Those who live in awe for fear of their Lord. Then verse 58 and 9, Allah Ta'ala mentions they don't commit shirk. Then he gives you another sign. In verse 60 and 61, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who give charity with their hearts full of fear, because they will return to their Lord. It is these who are the quickest to do good, and those are the foremost in them. So let's look at this. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? They give charity, and they are scared. They are the quickest to do good. So there's a hadith which explains this to the very letter. So the hadith is in Tirmidhi, number 3225, Ibn Imajah, number 4198, Ahmad Hakim, Humaydi, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Katir, Tafsir, and Shaykh al-Bani Rahmatullah stated, Hassan Ligaydi, in Sahih Sunan Ibn Imajah, number 3384. Our beloved mother, Sayyidah Aisha, I once asked Rasulullah about this verse, and she recited verse 60. Those who give charity with their hearts full of fear. I, as I added, are these those who take 
alcoholic drinks and they commit theft, Ya Rasulullah. So what's the question? So our mother looks at the verse, verse 60. And she says, she's thinking, they give sadaqah, but they're scared. So she's thinking, Allah Ta'ala is talking about the great sinners. Those who take drugs and commit theft and they give sadaqah. So obviously if you take drugs and you commit theft and you give sadaqah, you're going to think, Ya Allah, is this accepted? So she was thinking, oh Allah Ta'ala is talking about them. Rasulullah replied, no, O daughter of Siddiq. This verse is referring to those who fast, who pray and give sadaqah. But they are still afraid that their good deeds may not be accepted from them. And then the Prophet recited verse 61. It is these who are quick to do every good. And these are the foremost in the world. So what was the mistake? Our mother took the verse literally. Allah, if you take the verse literally, it seems to indicate it's talking about big sinners. When they give sadaqah, their hearts are fearful. It makes sense. But that is not the meaning of the verse. Our messenger said, Allah is praising the righteous. They fast, they pray, they give sadaqah. And when they do good, they're still thinking, is it accepted? Allah is praising them. And then he gives you a sign of these people. Why? Because you don't know if you're one of them. Allah says the sign of those people is that nobody beats them to good. That's verse 61. You notice, they're always ahead of the game. You know, you think, oh, is he, oh he's, he's, he knew, he's doing it. She's doing it. She's on it, he's on it. They're the quickest. And who was the quickest of the quickest? Abu Bakr Siddiq. Umar goes, I can never beat him. And yet the same great man, Radiyallahu said, I wish I wasn't born. Allah is praising him because they're like this. So note, the context helps you to explain. And to finish, in Qurtubi and Ma'riful Quran, Hassan al-Basri rahmatullahi said, I knew a people who did incredible deeds, but they were still more fearful than those who commit enormous deeds, enormous sins. <laughs> so Hassan al-Basri goes, you don't know who I saw. He's talking about Sahaba. Is I saw Sahab, and I'll tell you something about them. They did immense deeds. He goes, I can't even articulate. But at the same time, if you saw the fear they had, you were thinking they were the greatest shaitans. So what was Hassan al-Basri telling you about the Sahab? He's explaining the verse. Because these are the people that you emulate. And that's why the Quran says, follow them. Follow them in Ihsan. So look how beautiful. The verses that we've been through in this session, look how beautifully they're linked. Allah Ta'ala says, this ummah of yours is one ummah, unity. Then he talks about disunity when you start looking at the books of fiqh and you lose track of revelation. Then he mentions the tricks of shaitan, wealth and children. And then he mentions the signs of the righteous, i.e. that they are the quickest to do good. And how did they get that? Because they are fearful that nothing has been accepted because of their fear of Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So I'll decide the verses. We will conclude. Audhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa inna hadihi ummatukum ummatu wa ahilatu wa ana rabbukum fattakun. 
ഹൈറാത് ഹുമാസ്ലാമീൻ <laughs> <laughs>